Lord, you heal like only you can. By his stripes, we were healed. And Lord, we declare healing in this place right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we declare deliverance in here. My God, he's who's faithful to not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation make a way of escape so that you'll be able to bear it. Lord, you deliver like only you can. And Lord, you take us to a level like only you can take us. Lord, my God said, I, who does exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think. Lord, help us go to another level in you, even on today. And Lord, we declare it, we proclaim it, and Lord, we're going to give you the praise for it right now in Jesus' name. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Amen. We thank God for his goodness and for each of you. Somebody point at somebody you didn't come with and say, I thank God for you. Amen. I thank God for you. I thank God for each and every one of you who've come to share with us on this morning. And as always, I'm excited to share of God's goodness on today. Amen. God has a word for us on this morning. And the only thing we need to do is be in a posture to accept what God has to say. I came to tell somebody, as long as you're living, God is speaking. As long as you're living, God is speaking. And the only question is, are you in tune and listening to what God has to say? And we're going to share God's word today. We're coming from 2 Corinthians, the 12th chapter, and we'll be looking at verses 5 through 10. Again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 12, and we'll be looking at verses 5 through 10. We started last week on living outside, and we're going to continue in that series on this morning. Amen. This is the second part of that series, living outside. We're going to share from that on this morning, and we have a new perspective. We have another question that we're going to ask you this week that we didn't ask you last week. I always believe to learn in questions so that we can figure out how to apply God's Word to our lives. But from 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 5, the word reads from the English Standard Version, On behalf of this man, I will boast, but on my own behalf, I will not boast, except of my weaknesses. Though if I should wish to boast, I would not be a fool, for I would be speaking the truth. But I refrain from it so that no one may think more of me than he sees in me or hears from me. So to keep from becoming conceited because of the surpassing greatness of the revelations, a thorn was given me in the flesh, a messenger of Satan to harass me, to keep me from becoming conceited. Three times I pleaded with the Lord about this, that it should leave me. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Lord, open our hearts, our minds, and our spirits to be receptive to your word in this moment. And lay your, may your word drive us, Lord. Push us toward your promise along the path of destiny that you've designed for us. In Christ's name we pray, amen. I want to talk today about living outside, and the specific question that is posed to you today is how do I walk in uncertainty? How do I walk in uncertainty? I want to talk about that because we don't live in certain times. If any, in any time, and we, we say this every year, but it seems the more we live, the more uncertain things become. 
I wish I, I wish I had some help here. It seems the more we live, the more the more uncertain. I mean, a few years ago, we were wondering could we breathe around other people? Come on now, and still look. Could, were we going to be able to come together again? Were we going to be able to congregate? You know, was this pandemic going to wipe out our whole world, wipe out our whole nation? We live in uncertain times. But what we have to understand as Christians is that we need some principles to live through uncertainty. Yes, the Bible is there to lead us and instruct us, but it does not mean that things are always certain. I want to talk about how we might plan a walk, a physical walk, a normal walk, or as compared to our spiritual walk that may often be uncertain. I want you to think of that. I want you to think of in that, those two contexts. I want you to think of how in the morning, like, you're going to exercise. And when you get up, some of the things that you consider before you go out. And then I want you to compare that to a spiritual walk. Compare that maybe to Abraham in Genesis 12 and 1, where God tells him to leave, get thee from amongst thy kindred, and go to a place where I will show thee. That was a walk of uncertainty because he did not know where he was going. Now compare that to our walk. Now if you're getting up, you're geared up, and you're going to walk, there are usually at least three things, sometimes more. We're going to concentrate and focus on those three things today. There are usually three things that you think about before you go on a natural walk. One of the things that you think about, especially in in Tennessee, what's the weather look like? What's my environment going to be like? I've been on many runs and walks where I, I started out And then I saw a couple flashes of lightning. I was like, nope, (laughs) I'm going back, (laughs) going back to the house. Uh, But but, but part of our planning is what is our environment going to look like? What is the status of our environment? And when we look at the weather, we're kind of checking what our environment looks like. And there are certain environments that we simply do not subject ourselves to if we're going on a natural walk. Just think about that, and then we're going to talk about that in the spiritual context. Number two, one of the things that we're going to consider, not only what does the environment look like, but what's my destination? You know, where where am I going? You know, how... Uh, and, and, and usually if you're walking, you're like, well, I'm going to walk a mile. So you've already planned that out. So I know if I go down to that tree... By, by sister such and such house, and I come back, that's going to be a mile. But you're planning out your destination. You don't, have, you don't have an uncertain destination. You have a specific destination. You have a specific goal. I'm going to walk a mile. I'm going to walk two miles. I'm going to go to the store, and I'm going to come back. But your destination in your natural walk is certain. The reason you plan out your destination is really for number three, When you plan your walk, you plan it in a way that you know you can make it. You you know you can make it. You know, you're not going to plan an uncertain walk to an unforeseen destination and think that you might not make it. If you're in Shelbyville, you're not going to walk to Murfreesboro. Come on now. It's not that you don't have a destination, and it's not that you haven't assessed the weather. The question is, can I make it? So, so when, you, when you're planning a natural walk, these are three of the considerations that you have. 
What's the weather? What's the environment look like? Number two, what is my destination? I have a certainty in mind as to where I'm going. And thirdly, I planned it in a way that I know I can make it. Now, having, having considered that, now think of it spiritually. Now, when God poses to Abram, he says, now, get from thy kindred and go to a place where I will show thee. First of all, God didn't, wasn't worried about the weather. Didn't, didn't ask him to wait to a day where it wasn't raining. Made no consideration for the weather. He made no consideration in telling Abram where he was going. Abram was not certain of his destination. And thirdly, in Abram's mind, he had to at least have the question, wherever God is taking me, will I be able to make it? Will I be able to make it where I'm going? And that's the uncertainty that was poured into the life of Paul here. Paul was doing well. I'm an agent of God. I'm on a mission. I'm doing what God told me to do. Everything is going smoothly for me, right? Well, no. Then there's a shipwreck. Paul endured multiple shipwrecks. Paul was bitten by a viper. And then on top of this, whatever this thorn might be, may be a me- it's, it's considered a metaphorical thorn. It's not a literal thorn. But there was something that was troubling Paul that he realized, I do not have the power to get rid of myself. God has implanted purposefully uncertainty in my life. And I'm Paul. <laughs> you know, I, I, I have a few accomplishments under my belt. I'm Paul. I'm on a mission. Jesus broke the clouds and came down to get me <laughs> and, and, and turned me around on Damascus Road. I'm Paul. I, I have a lot of accomplishments under my belt, but in the middle of everything that I've accomplished and in the midst of me doing exactly what God told me to do, he still implanted uncertainty in my life and made me recognize a few things. What did the thorn represent? Thorn represented something that he did not have the power to get rid of himself. And that's a, that's a point of recognition for all of us, that when God puts something in our lives that we do not have the power to get rid of ourselves, that ought to let us know that this is a point where I need to seek God's direction. This is a point where I need to seek God's help. That's what he's saying. I, I'm seeking God's help. But even after I seek God's help, he may not give me the answer that I want. Can, can, can I talk to my real people in here? Uh, because some of us have, some of us, we, some preachers, and we're irresponsible when we do, we, we preach and we, we preach that if you, you pray to God, he's going to give you the answer that you want. No, I'm just saying uh, the, the truth is he's going to respond. <laughs> he's going to respond. But he may not always say that what we want to hear. The same was with Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. If it be thy will, can you let this cup pass from me but not my will? Thy will be done. The cup still, Jesus still had to partake of that cup. God didn't take that cup away from him. So even in his prayer, he had to submit to God's will. And, and part of what we do is when God takes us through certain circumstances, he's teaching us to submit to his will. Uh, I, I want you to get that because you think it, that every storm is not necessarily taking you to another level. It may help you get there, but it may be teaching you a lesson on the way. 
And the lesson that it was teaching Paul in this moment is that I need you to learn to submit to my will. He said, Paul asked three times, Lord, can you remove this thorn from me? And God's answer to him all three times was, my grace is sufficient for thee. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And what did Paul learn from that? There was a lesson that he learned in that. And but, but so I want to talk to you about what we learn in those three areas. I want to compare that natural walk to our spiritual walk now and three things that we need to do when we're walking with uncertainty. I told you the first thing is what we ordinarily do. We assess the environment. And I tell you what we need to do in our spiritual walk is we need to learn to trust God in uncertain environments. If you will just trust me, if you will just trust me, if you will just trust me. That's what he's saying to Paul. My grace is sufficient. In other words, I have exactly what you need. But he's also saying, but my strength is perfected in your weakness. That means when, 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 I, when I'm weak, then I'm strong because I'm not relying upon myself, but I'm relying upon the power of God working through me. I'm not relying on myself, but I'm working on the power of God through me. Right? That means that I, I have to trust God's authority. I have to sit in his authority and subject myself to what God wants from me which means relinquishing my own autonomy. I'm relinquishing my autonomy, and I'm giving all authority to God. You know when I feel like the most like this? I can think of the natural thing where I feel the most like that. It's when I get in an airplane. When I get in an airplane, I have relinquished my autonomy. <laughs> I have no power. I have no authority about what's happening next. I have to submit my prayers. My prayers are not as much for me now as it is for the pilot. Lord, touch his, God, his hands, Lord. Touch his mind, Lord. <laughs> Strengthen him right now. Boy, I'm praying back there for that pilot now. <laughs> but because I have relinquished my own autonomy and authority, and I have had to submit that because I'm on a plane. And that's how it is when we submit our authority to God. Well, you have to sit your butt down, put your seatbelt on, put your seat in the upright position, put your tray table up, and listen to what those attendants tell you to do. And that's what we're doing when we submit our will and authority to God. We have no control over it. But the problem with us is we, we act like that person, you know, that person gets scared and starts acting a fool on the plane. And then they have to remove them because the plane's still going to take off. It's just not going to take off with you. Oh, you. You haven't changed the plans now. The plan's still going forward. The plane's still taking off. Baby, you just not going. Come on now. They'll do what is necessary to remove you because you might not be obedient, but the mission still goes forward. <laughs> So the question is, are, are you on board with the mission? Because the mission is going forward whether you're on board or not. Oh, come on now. 
Mission has to go forward. That, that's the problem with some, some of our, our leaders and part of this generation is they want a position, but they don't want to participate in the mission. <laughs> they think that the mission is about them. Baby, the mission is not about you. You worried about a position, but God still has a mission. Baby, either you're getting on the plane and going or you're not. The mission goes forward. We're not worried about your position. I'll give you an example. You say, well, I, I didn't pay for a first-class ticket, but I think I need to be in first class. That's what it looks like when somebody's worried about position instead of the mission. Are you trying to get to your destination, or are you worried about where you're sitting? Oh, you didn't get that. <laughs> are you worried about getting to your destination, or are you worried about where you're sitting? That's the difference between being concerned about the mission and being concerned about the position. Uh, because when, but, but when you are mission-focused, you understand that I have to submit. That means you have to trust God when you don't see it. Trust in God when I don't understand it. I'm trusting God when it seems like the opposite of what he told me is still happening. I mean, you have to, we talk about Joseph and we praise Joseph, but just be Joseph for a minute. It, what, what God told me and what is happening in my life don't seem to line up. He told me I'm going to be elevated but my first interaction with my brothers and them understanding what God told me my mission was is I wind up in the pit. That doesn't seem to line up with what God told me. I'm, I'm talking to just a few people in here who, who God told you one thing, but where you are right now does not seem to line up with what God told you. You, you all have to understand that David, when, when Samuel came to anoint David as king, after he got through anointing him and rubbing him down with oil, David went right back out there and was attending to the sheep. Come on, that, what, what he told me and what I am seeing don't seem to line up. But see, what, what God is saying then, what, what, is he, what is God doing right there? Are you going to trust me? <laughs> Yeah, you might be able to trust me on the throne, but can you trust me when you're out there shoveling sheep down? Can you trust me? Yeah, you, you can trust me once you become command in Egypt, but can you trust me while you're in the prison? Can you trust me while you're in the pit? Can you trust me when, get this, you're living outside? When you're living outside the hedge, when you're living outside the protection, when you're living outside what seems to be God's blessing and plan for you, can you still trust me when it feels like you're outside? I told you what's the first thing. You have to trust God in unknown environments. The second thing you have to do is you have to pray when you don't know where you're going. First, you assess the environment. Is it raining today? But secondly, I know my destination. I know where I'm going. What we have to do as Christians, we have to pray when we don't know where we're going. And the reason you don't know where you're going is because God's ways are above your ways and his thoughts are above your thoughts. And even as the heavens are above the earth so far, his ways and thoughts are above ours. We don't understand where we're going. We have to trust God, get this, day by day, day by day. And it's hard for us 
Because we want a calendar and, 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 and list, and we want to make long plans. And, and God, I got a five-year plan. Let me tell you this right now. God laughs at your five-year plan. <laughs> Go ahead and write down your five-year plan. God laughs at your five-year plan. Because how do you know where you're going to be in five years? And God said, and I haven't even told you. How are you going to know where you're going to be in five years? I'm not saying don't make plans for the future, but I'm talking about when it relates to God and when things don't exactly line up with what you have planned out for your life, understand his ways and thoughts are above yours. And just because it didn't work out the way that you planned it, understand that God's plan exceeds our plan. It supersedes our plan. God knows what we need when we don't know what we need. When we don't understand what's in us, when we don't understand what we will, will be. Some of us, God has not even yet revealed to us what we will be, but he has us on a path so that we can get there. He has us on his path. And we say it's our path, but our path is in his will, so it has to be his path. God, show me your path. God, show me your way because your way is more excellent than my way. Your, your plan exceeds my own plan. Your plan will keep me encouraged and keep me going. But Lord, push me along your path and Lord, show me your way. Because sometimes God shows us our way in crumbs. It's like crumbs that are leading us through the forest. He gives us glimpses of, of where we're going. He doesn't show us the whole path because some of us, if we saw the whole path, we turn around. We follow, we follow another way. Yeah, it sounded good to Joseph when he was dreaming about being over his brothers and over his family, but he didn't know that was going to take him to the pit. And if God had showed him the pit, Joseph said, no, God, I'm good. God, God, God had showed him the dream that, 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 that even his brothers and all of his, his, even his mother and father would bow down to him. But if he had shown him the slave caravan that was going to take him into Egypt, Joseph would have been like, all right, I, that's all right, God. I'm good right over here. I just keep feeding these cattle. I'm good. I just keep herding these sheep. I, I, I don't need that in my life. If God had shown him being falsely accused and spending what we, we, we minimize, but he spent years in prison on a false accusation. If he had shown Joseph that in advance, Joseph would have said, Lord, that's too much. I don't think I could handle that. Sometimes God does not show us the entire path, but what he's expecting us to do is to pray when we don't see the way. Pray when we don't see the way. Pray, listen to this, I said pray, I didn't say move. Because a lot of us move without praying. You know, that, you don't have to raise your hand. We, we, we move without praying. And we move according to what feels good to us. A lot of times we move based on information that we've gotten from other people. We move because the market said it's a good time to move. We move because it looks like the grass is a little greener on the other side of the fence. We move based on our emotions, based on our feelings, based on our own senses, based on what other people are telling us. But we don't pray before we move. 
pray. And then you know what we do? We move, and then we get overwhelmed. And then we start drowning. And then we get in trouble. And then you're like, Lord, why are you leaving me by myself? <laughs> God's saying, you should have prayed before you moved. So when I'm living with uncertainty, that doesn't mean I move and return. And get this, a lot of this is what we do. I'm in an uncertain place. And for us as human beings, we prefer certainty over progress. <laughs> I want you to get that. We prefer certainty over progress. You know how I know? Let me tell you, the children of Israel, when they got out in the wilderness, and they were free. But when they were free and they got a little hungry, a bunch of them started saying, I would rather be a slave in Egypt and know where my food is coming from than to be free, than to be free in the wilderness. Because human beings, we prefer certainty over progress. We prefer that. And our mind will revert to where we felt comfortable and where we felt certain. Oh, let me talk to you here. Let me stay right here for a minute. That, that's why sometimes people stay in abusive relationships uh, because they prefer certainty over progress. Because they're like, and you know what they'll start their, their sentences with? At least. At least I'm taken care of. At least I know when problems are coming. At least I know how to act and how to behave and, and what to do to make sure things are all right. At least. Baby, it's time to live above at least. God didn't call you to live at least. Jesus said, I come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Stop settling for certainty when God's trying to show you progress. God's trying to show you a more excellent way. Don't devolve into what is certain when God's trying to give you something better. Somebody say better. God's trying to give you something better, but sometimes better comes with uncertainty. Sometimes better comes with being uncomfortable. Sometimes better comes with walking in the unknown. Better requires you to be a little bit uncomfortable. Uncomfortable. I know some of you are hungry. Maybe you're trying a new restaurant today. But you, when you try something new, you might not ever get to better if you don't walk in uncertainty. <laughs> Some of the barriers to us getting better is our failure to walk in uncertainty. Well, this is how I've always done it. This is what I've always had. This is what I've always, this is how we've always practiced. This is how my grandmama always cooked it. This is what I've always done. And we're walking in mediocrity because we won't take a few steps into uncertainty to get to better. But I tell you, better is paved along the path of uncertainty. If you want to get to better, you're going to have to walk the path of uncertainty. If you want to get to better, you're going to have to walk in situations where you're a little bit uncomfortable. And I'm trying to explain to somebody right now, the reason you're, you're on an uncomfortable path, the reason you're on an uncertain path is because God is trying to lead you to better. <laughs> ah, you can't 
get a better job until you let go of the job you already have. Uh, there's going to have to be a release. I'm going to, there's going to be a moment of uncertainty. There's going to be a moment where I'm uncomfortable, but I can't get a better job until I release and I, I step out into the uncertainty of not having the job that made me comfortable. It's going to be an uncomfortable path. There are going to be steps of uncertainty, but I know that my God is leading me to better. Somebody point at somebody and say, God is leading you to better. Leading you to better. But the path to better is uncertain. The path to better is uncomfortable. The path to better is dark. I'm going to have to take some steps in the dark where I don't see my way, but all along I'm trusting God. I'm praying when I don't know where I'm going because I trust God that he's going to lead me to better. I trust him. I, 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 I'm praying when I don't, Lord, I don't know the way. I don't know the path that I take right now, but I'm trusting you and I believe that wherever I'm going, it's going to be, it's going to be better. It's going to be better. Somebody say, it's going to be better. Oh, this ain't for your neighbor. This is for yourself. Say, it's going to be better. Come on, say it like you mean it. You're preaching to yourself. Say, it's going to be better. It's going, to, it's, it's, going to be, it's going to be better. I'm walking in uncertainty, but it's going to be better. I'm, I'm uncomfortable right now, but it's going to be better. I'm, I'm releasing something that is certain, and I'm stepping out into an uncomfortable and uncertain place, but I'm trusting God because I know it's going to be better. It's going to be better. Do you remember the path that David took to being king? Not only did he have to go back out and tend to the sheep, but he had to run from Saul for years. For years he hid in caves. For years he had to watch his back. For years he had to hide when Saul was right on his track. But all of the steps, the uncertain steps, the, all the uncomfortability led to him being the greatest king of Israel. But the path to being better was paved with uncertainty and being uncomfortable. Somebody say it again. Say, it's going to be better. Let me give you this third one, and I'm finished. I told you the first thing that we, that we do when we, when we take a walk is we assess the environment. So on the Christian walk, you have to trust God in uncertain environments. The second thing I told you is that we clearly plot out our destination and what I told you on our Christian walk, that means you're going to have to pray when you don't know where you're going. And then the third thing I told you is that we plot our destination for a purpose so that we know that we can make it. And I came to tell somebody, and the Christian walk, you're going to have to praise God when you don't know whether you'll make it. You're going to have to praise him when you, when you don't know whether you make it. Remember, we're talking about living outside. When I'm inside the hedge, I, I, I'm comforted by the hedge. I know I'm going to make it, but now we're living outside. Somebody say, we outside. When I'm living outside, I, I have to praise God even when I'm not sure whether uh, I'm going to make it. 
because when I praise him, that means I'm using the trust. I'm trusting him. When I praise him, I'm praising him because you know what? Number two, I already prayed about it. And the problem that I had, and I I just couldn't seem to solve, I, I prayed and I prayed and I got deeper involved, but I turned it over to Jesus and I I stopped worrying about it. I I learned to praise him even when I didn't know whether I could make it. And that's why the songwriter said, you don't have to wait until the battle is over. I don't have to wait to praise him because I already trusted him and I already prayed and and I already believe that whatever God is doing in my life right now, it's going to make me better. Make me a shot up. It's going to make me better. It's going to make me better. I can lift my hands because it's going to be better. I I can open my mouth and say hallelujah because it's going to be better. My feet might get light even when I'm going through because I know in my heart that it's going to be better. Somebody say better. It's going to be better. It's got to be better because I've been through too much and I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me where I am right now. It's going to be better. Point three people and tell them it's going to be better. It's going to be better. It's going to be better. I've waited too long, so it's got to be better. I prayed too much, so it's got to be better. I've made a sacrifice of praise even didn't, when I didn't know if I could make it. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. It's, it's going to be better. I'm believing God for better. I'm trusting God for better. I'm praying for better. And I'm praising for better. Somebody say it's going to be better. Everyone standing on your feet. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise in this place. Hallelujah. It's going to be better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Somebody pointed three people and say, you already looking better. Uh, you already, uh, you look a little, you look a little better right now than you did before the message. You look a little better right now than you did when you walked in. You look a little better right now than you did on yesterday. I see you in the future and you look better. You look better than you do right now. Come on, give God some praise in this house. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your word of not only instruction, but also encouragement, Lord. Lord, we we sometimes walk through what seems like nothingness. Lord, we're walking sometimes in darkness. We're walking in uncertainty. We can't see our way. Lord, Dad would say, Lord, how do you walk through see nothing days and Lord you're helping us Lord we're learning to trust you we must if we only trust you Lord if we only trust you Lord we're trusting you when the environment seems uncertain and Lord when we can't see the direction when we can't see the destination Lord you're teaching us to pray when we can't see our way and Lord, finally, Lord, we're not, we're not giving up our shout. Lord, we're not giving up our praise. But Lord, we're praising you even when we don't know whether we can make it. Because we believe in our hearts. We're trusting you that it's going to be better. Help us, Lord. Lord, to live beneath, above, Lord. We're not going to live it's okay lives, Lord. We're not going to live and say it's all right. 
we're not going to live and say at least. But Lord, we're going to live exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask a thing because Lord, that's what you're calling us to. And Lord, we're believing God by faith that even on tomorrow, somebody say on tomorrow, it's going to be better. Lord, I even declare by faith, Lord, when I, when I get home, Lord, when I turn down my street, Lord, when I flip on my lights, Lord, when I walk in my job on tomorrow, Lord, when I look in my bank account, Lord, when I look at my credit report, Lord, hallelujah, when I'm looking at my, my relationship, Lord, it's gonna be better. Believing my faith that it's already done. In Jesus' name, hallelujah, say amen. Come on, put those hands together and give God some praise. For those of you who've been watching us virtually, we pray that you believe God for better in your own life until we shall see you again. I hope and pray that each of you were touched and inspired by our service today. If you wish to partner with us, you can do so by Giveify. Download the app on Apple Store or Google Play and search for Bright Temple. If you wish to partner with us on Cash App, just look for Bright Temple in the two line. And in the four line, tell us the purpose of your gift. If you would rather mail your gift, you can mail us at Bright Temple, Post Office Box 453, Shelbyville, Tennessee, 37162. Thanks in advance for your generosity, and we pray God's blessings on you and your gift.